The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss marketing success through differentiation. Joining us is Oren Hoffman, who is the CEO of SafeGraph and the former CEO and co-founder of LiveRamp. SafeGraph is a geospatial data company that provides high-quality data on physical places to organizations like Cisco, Domino's, Citizens Bank, and more. And today, Oren and I are going to talk about data priority differentiations for marketers. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Oren Hoffman, the CEO of SafeGraph. Oren, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Benjamin, excited to be here. Excited to have you on the show. Appreciate you making the time. You're a man of many talents. You were the former CEO of LiveRamp. Now you're running SafeGraph. You've got your finger on the pulse of what's happening in the data world, and it's rapidly evolving with the changes in iOS, the changes to Google getting away from third-party cookies. Seems like there's different sources of data that are becoming popular. Talk to me about what the data priorities for marketers should be these days. Well, if you think of data, data always falls in four nouns. You have data about people, you have data about places, you have data about organizations like companies, and then you have data about products. So almost all data falls on one of those four things. They can be crossed with each other. They can also be crossed with time and with price. But generally, that's where you kind of look at the data landscape. Yeah, I was going to say events as well, but I guess that's time and place. Exactly. So that would be a location and a time. So you can cross a lot of these things. And if you think of data about stock prices, this would be like organization data, company data, cross with time, cross with price. So you're always going to have data on about one of those core things, or sometimes you're going to mix and match those types of data. For B2C marketers, yeah, they probably want data about people. People are probably very important. But for lots of other types of things, for lots of other like core big decisions that people make, sometimes you want more data about a product. Sometimes you want data about place. Sometimes you want firmographic data about a, an organization or a company. So it really depends on the different types of data needs that's, that a particular marketer may have. As I think about marketing and our use of data, often we don't think of our data as our core IP. And maybe this has to do with me coming from a B2C background where you're not thinking of, well, I've got all this data collected off the people that were interested in my products, what the sales and conversions were, that has value, as opposed to that can lead to an activity that has value. 
When you think about prioritizing what data you collect, how you store it, and specifically how you value it, how has that changed with the recent changes to our ecosystem? Well, the most important thing is trying to get good usage of the data that you already have. So if you're a retailer and you have people coming either to your online or offline establishment or something like that, you're collecting a lot of data. You're collecting data about how many visits, you're collecting data about transactions, you have data about your own employees and what you pay them, you have data about supply chain data, you have all these other data that's out there. Most companies are still in the very, very early days about using their own data well. Until you use your own data relatively well, it doesn't make sense to invest in external data. Once you get to a pretty good point where you're using your data really, really well, then it makes sense to start bringing in this external data so you can ask bigger and broader questions of understanding like society or other things that are affecting your business. I agree and I disagree in the sense of you can use your data well, but there are some things that you can't do because you don't have access to the data. I might know I'll use a podcast example. We're kicking the tires on building a data product. IP addresses for people that listen to our podcast, but I don't have an understanding of who those people are, so I can't retarget them. I have to go to a third-party data vendor, an identity resolution company, to then look up the IP addresses and match them against their records. So when you say using your data first before you buy other data, how are you thinking about the clear bits of the world that are helping you enrich your data? the BDEX and some of the other identity resolution companies that help you basically take a data point and flush out the full picture. Yeah, well, SafeGraph is a data company. We sell data about places, physical places. And so we certainly want to sell people data, but I can tell you a lot of the companies we talk to shouldn't be buying our data yet because they don't yet do a good job using their internal data, which is already there and it's free. They don't have to pay extra money for it. You need to get to a certain level of expertise using your internal data before you should be making this investment in external data. So a lot of companies are still investing their own data science, they're investing in their core tools, they're investing in productizing things, et cetera. Once you get to a certain point on that curve, and many companies are already past that point on the curve, yes, go all in on bringing in external data, but get to that curve first. I don't know much about podcasting, but I imagine there's probably a lot of data you could understand. Okay, I have different types of podcast formats. I'm interviewing different types of people. I can see how they perform. I may put something on Twitter. I may put something on Facebook. I can start to see how it perform, like evaluate it first before massively investing in external data. It's all about the app store and it's a walled garden. Podcast <laughs> data is very, very difficult because it's hard to actually get access to the data. That's not what this episode's about. It's data priority differentiation for marketers. So let's talk about differentiation and priorities. When you're thinking about differentiating your company from a data perspective, how are you collecting something that is proprietary, that has IP, that has value? What should you be prioritizing? Is it collecting your own data sources? Is it housing, enriching the data? What are the priorities when you're trying to separate yourself as a marketer? I don't think any of the above. I mean, the most important thing when you're a marketer is having a good product. So if you're marketing a bad product, it's just going to be really, really, really hard. But if you're marketing a good product, it's still hard, but it's so much easier. So to me, the most important thing is how do you focus on getting your product better and better and better? The better your product is, the way easier it is. So the marketer needs to be kind of very aligned with that product manager and making that product much, much better. 
getting like extra data here and there, that's oh, good. Might increase your yield by a couple percent or two or something, which is great. And I'm all for it. But investing more in the product is going to yield more returns in the long run. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. I'm more thinking if you're in a commoditized space, there's a bunch of different companies that are doing how to house your digital assets, right? FileStage is a sponsor of the MarTech podcast, and they're in a relatively crowded space because there's lots of companies that try to help you figure out what assets you have, what are the approvals, and there's sort of an industry around that. But it's hard to differentiate between what they're doing and what a brand folder is doing. If you're in a commoditized product or you know, you're selling oranges or orange juice or pork bellies, something where the product isn't different. How can data help you differentiate yourself as a marketer and help support your company? Well, I think the most important thing the data can do is help you get in a non-commoditized product. So use the data to help you pivot your product because being in a commoditized product where like you can't tell the difference between the different, you're all selling pork bellies and I don't know much about pork bellies, but- I just said that because the movie Trading Places, it was orange juice and pork bellies, which are the commodities they're trading. Exactly, yeah. If there's not a difference between these different commodities, like move to something where it is much, much different. You can use data to do that. You can segment your customers. You can say, oh, we were selling to all these customers. What we really should be doing is selling to 10% of the customers, but giving them like a way better experience. And maybe it's because we built these like really amazing integrations for them, or we understand the workflow better for them, or... but they're going to be true lovers of this product. The other 90% of the people we were selling to, we shouldn't even be selling to. Let's just sell to these other guys and really make sure that they love it. We only make pork bellies out of pigs that eat only gold corn. I don't know, something like that. Yes, Billy Ray. Whatever it is, yeah. Okay, so when you think about the landscape changes with data, what are the priorities for somebody that's getting more into leveraging data, thinking about their company, making sure that they have the best practices? How would you help them prioritize their data practices? More and more companies should be investing in being able to analyze and use data. 
And almost every company is doing it, but they're all doing it at different paces right now. The good news is 10 years ago, if you had a ton of data and you want to analyze that data, it would be very, very, very difficult to do because the average company out there, even the average $100 billion company, can't hire many, many great data engineers. It's very, very difficult to hire those people. However, the average company can hire plenty of good data engineers, just not the great ones. And today, a good data engineer, plus all these amazing tools, makes them have a ton of ability to be able to use data, be able to analyze data, even very, very, very large amounts of data. The comp I think of is it used to be really hard to be a non-technical founder of a startup. And now there are so many low-code and no-code solutions where somebody that's pretty good can get something not bad off the ground. And you can actually get much farther than you used to be able to with your data without having the sort of top tier data engineer setting everything up for you. That's exactly right. Yeah. I'm glad we agree. And when it comes down to using data to differentiate your marketing, often it isn't just about the data. It's your ability to collect the data, understand it, and understand how it can lead you towards the customers that you want to target. And I think that's really the secret for differentiating using your data. It's having a good understanding of who are the customers that are creating that data for you. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Oren Hoffman, the CEO of SafeGraph, for joining us. Join us again tomorrow when Oren and I continue our conversation and talk about the data ecosystem and accessibility predictions. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Oren, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Oren, A-U-R-E-N, or you can visit his company's website, which is safegraph.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.